Hello and welcome to Read Under the Covers, a podcast aimed at seven to ten year olds. Join me as we read some of my favorite books. Welcome to episode three, uh, and we are reading The Witch of Kensal Rise, Windy Days Ahead. So um, if you haven't listened to episode uh, one and two, um, do go back and listen to them, but just sort of a bit of a catch up. So we've met Rose, who is the Witch of Kensal Rise, and her gorgeous grandson, Percy, and it seems that there is this strange, strange wind and uh, Rose is, is worried that there's something wrong with her friend Agatha, who is the westerly wind, um, because the wind has blown a house across the sky in Manchester. So Rose has gone in the last episode to visit her friend Harry, uh, who uh, protects the special garden in London, in Maidavale. And she wants to see if she can find out if any of the fairies know about this strange wind. So we're rejoining at chapter six. So either read along or listen and I hope you enjoy uh, chapter six and seven. Chapter six, The Fairies. You cold, sang a soft high-pitched voice that made Rose think of picnics on warm summer days. The voices of fairies contained magic that made the listener remember some of their fondest memories. Penny's wings fluttered up and down. They glowed bright white like the rest of her. She looked like a ballerina with wings. Harry lowered his voice and spoke gently, holding out his hand for Penny to sit on. As soon as her wings stilled, her white light blinked out. She was just a girl with wings, a tiny girl, the size of a key, with vibrant blue wings, skin the colour of midnight skies, amber eyes and bright orange hair. Have there been any whispers about the strange weather or the elementals? Rose drew in a sharp breath as she watched Penny sitting comfortably on Harry's hand, swinging her legs back and forth. She'd never seen a fairy without her glamour before, or one so comfortable in a human's presence. Penny sighed. Oh, that's why you're here. She looked from Harry to Rose. How boring. Rose smiled and tilted her head. Yes, that's why I'm here. Penny flapped her wings and flew into the air and away from Harry and Rose. After a moment, she stopped and turned to look back at them. Well, are you coming? The two of them looked at each other and shrugged. They had to jog to keep up with Penny as she led them towards the back of the garden. Rose came to a dead stop almost tripping over Harry and banging her head against his arm. Harry bowed to the glowing blue fairy that had suddenly appeared in front of them. Your Majesty! The Queen of Fairies inclined her head. 
Welcome, young Harry, gatekeeper and friend to fairy and witch of Kensal Rise. Rose raised an eyebrow at Harry. There was nothing young about him anymore, or her. They both creaked when they walked downstairs and groaned and moaned when they had to get up too quickly. But the Queen was probably hundreds of years old. Most fairies lived for a thousand years, but it was said that the Queen of Fairies lived nearly double. Thank you, Your Majesty, Harry and Rose said in unison, sounding like strange rusty robots stuck in the garden. You've come to find out about the elementals and this strange weather in your time and place. Rose racked her brain trying to remember what the etiquette of meeting of magical beings said about dressing, addressing the Queen of Fairies. All she could remember was the paragraph that told her that fairies were a race of women. Uh, yes, Your Majesty, I was hoping that you knew more than we do, Rose replied politely. The Queen smiled a half-smile. We often know more than you do. But I do not know what is causing this strange wind. We had heard, heard whispers from the elves, rumbling that something powerful and of great import has been stolen from the elven lands. Rose inclined her head waiting, hoping that the Queen knew more. Inside, her mind was whirling. What would the elves have that would affect the wind? The elves were rarely seen in the human world anymore. They lived in a world that was said to have magic in every tree, every leaf, every flower, more beautiful than one could imagine. In all her years, Rose had only met a handful. The elves were a beautiful race, tall and strong, with flawless skin that glowed and illuminated from within. In their natural form, they looked alien to humans, with their almond-shaped eyes that were crystal blue. In stories, elves were often depicted with snowy white skin and long blonde hair. But the ones Rose had seen had skin of every shade and hair always elaborately styled. Harry bowed his head before he spoke. Your Majesty, is there anything else that you or your people have heard? The Queen peered at Harry, studying him intently. When she answered, it was a mere whisper. Rose had to lean in so she could hear. Only that whatever was stolen is extremely dangerous and was hidden in the land of the elves for safekeeping. Rose's mind muttered and tuttered as she tried to imagine what magical item could have needed to be kept in the land of the elves for safekeeping. The archive of the witches' councils was one of the most protected building on earth. Why wasn't this magical item stored there? She sighed and groaned at the same time. This would have to be reported to the witches' council, the last place Rose wanted to go. But it could wait till tomorrow, at least. No use getting out of bed in this weather. She needed to see Agatha. Something definitely wasn't right. Thank you, Your Majesty, Rose said, bowing her head. Take care, Rose, Witch of Kensal Rise. There are artifacts in this world that's powers are unknown. The Queen 
Fairy Queen's voice sounded far away, as if she was remembering something and wasn't quite here. After a moment, she continued, The Witch's Council weren't always the peacekeepers of this world. At one time, the balance was maintained by the fairies, elves, elementals and the trees. That hasn't changed as much as the witches believe. Rose raised her eyebrows and pursed her lips. She'd never heard anything like this before. The witches council always touted that they were the only magical peacekeepers in the world. Quietly she spoke to the queen. What happened? What's changed? The queen smiled. One day I will answer all of your questions, Rose. Resisting the urge to blurt out her questions, Rose pinched the inside of her wrist. Focus, she said in her mind. Now is not the time. Agatha needs me. Rose nodded. She wondered if the wind had quietened outside. Would she have the energy to perform the Cantra, Cantrata spell? Or is there another spell she could use? What is it, Rose? The Queen asked her gently. I was just wondering how I was going to get to Hampstead Heath unnoticed. The Queen inclined her head slightly. Mm, I think we may be able to help with that one, come. Rose followed the Queen deeper into the garden. Here the shrubs and trees were so thick that she could hardly push her way through. The only light was coming from the Queen. She turned back to speak to Harry, only to find he wasn't behind her. The trees and shrubs had closed around them. Rose turned back towards the Queen to find her waiting patiently for her to catch up. Come, follow closely. It's easy to get lost in this place. Where are we, Your Majesty? This is the in-between. All magical places are connected. If the seeker knows the path, then they may find their way from any magical place to another. Hampstead Heath is one of those magical places. Come, we are already here. Rose took a step forward, almost tumbling as she entered a place she recognised, the bottom of Parliament Hill. She was right in the middle of Hampstead Heath. Turning to thank the Queen, Rose was surprised to find that she was gone. In the wind, she could hear the voice of the Queen sounding like eerie whispers. Take care, Rose, witch of Kensal Rise, and know this. The snake's head was always meant for a witch, and when commanded, will drop into the witch's hand. But beware its power. Its words are sweet as sugar, but its power is blacker than night. Rose frowned. She felt like she had been frowning a lot lately today. There was so much she didn't know. She had no idea what the snake's head was. As Rose stood up, her bag appeared at her feet. She shook her head for the hundredth time. She wished she knew the spell her grandfather had cast on this bag to give it its a mind of its own. Picking it up, she whispered, Let's get this show on the road. Are you in? She felt silly talking to the bag, but somehow she felt if the bag was saying yes. Chapter 7 Hampstead Heath Puffing heavily, Rose reached the top of Parliament Hill, which was the highest point on Hampstead Heath. As she had for most of her life, Rose wished she had the magical ability of transportation, 
an ability that most witches possessed. More evidence to her parents and the witches' council that she was inferior in the magical world. The night was inky black, lit only by the stars. Thankfully, the wind was calmer on top of the hill. This was the place that Agatha spent most of her evenings. She and the other elementals had made their home on Hampstead Heath. The elementals couldn't stand to live in houses, so they made their home here. Rose had only visited their thriving part of Hampstead Heath once, a secret place that humans couldn't see. Agatha, Aggie, are you here? whispered Rose loudly. The spot where she was standing was filled with wild magic, for a witch, even with her powers, she was able to use the magic to amplify her voice all across Hampstead Heath. A grumpy voice came out of the night. Honestly, you sound louder than a foghorn, Rose. Will you lower your voice? You're making my ears ring. Rose twisted round and round, trying to work out where the voice was coming from. Down here, the voice said dryly. You witches, with your height, you think you're so much better than everyone else. Rose screwed up her face and looked down towards the ground. Oh, it's you, she sighed. A metre or so from her feet were the quivering quills of two echidnas. These were the only two echidnas in England and the oldest ones in the world. They'd been bought here from Australia by one of Rose's descendants, a great, great uncle who had wanted to study them in a magical environment. Sadly, he had died days after bringing them and never had the chance to study them. That had been nearly 150 years ago. Now they roamed Hampstead Heath. The larger of the two echidnas was Evelyn. She was also the one with the meanest temper. She hated the cold and always wished she could go back to warmer clients of her native Australia, but no one knew what would happen to them if they went back. They had lived far longer than any other echidna who usually lived only for up to 16 years. Hello, Evelyn, Rose responded coldly, smiling at the second echidna, a wide-beaming smile. Hey, Christian, how is your foot? Do you need me to look at it again? Christian quivered and shook his quills in waves. Christian was Evelyn's brother and the smaller of the two. He had loved living on Hampstead Heath from the moment they had arrived. No thanks, Rose, he answered sweetly. It's healed wonderfully, thanks to your potion. Evelyn coughed twice. Uh Uh-huh, hello, what am I, chop liver, she growled. Trying to be as polite as possible, Rose breathed in deeply and said through gritted teeth, How are you, Evelyn? We don't have time for niceties. What are you talking about? Evelyn lowered her voice, barely a whisper. This wind. You don't think it's normal, do you? The night hid the frown on Rose's face. Evelyn continued meanly. Surely you're not that stupid, are you? Through gritted teeth, Christian hissed at Evelyn. Stop! More softly, Evelyn continued. The westerly wind wouldn't blow like that. Agatha's sister Pembrose, maybe. But never, never, ever, Agatha. Something else is going on. Nodding her head, Rose spoke more softly. 
Agatha was the only friend that Evelyn had, aside from her brother Christian. She couldn't imagine how lonely her life must be. Do you know where Agatha is, Evelyn? Lowering her head, Evelyn sighed. She spoke so quietly that Rose had to lean down to hear her. The last time I saw her, anyone saw her, was this afternoon near the wibbly-wobbly tree. Thank you, whispered Rose, before Evelyn could say anything else. Rose was taking long strides as she walked down the hill towards the wibbly-wobbly tree. She was more worried than ever. Agatha never went to the wibbly-wobbly tree unless she was in real trouble. (laughs) 